What's up, Red Rocks Church? We're glad to have you with us today. We're here because we want to introduce to you my favorite person in the entire world, my wife, Jill. Jill, you are honestly the most caring, loving, godliest person I've ever known. And I am so excited that our entire church family gets to hear from you today. I love you so much, babe. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom. You're the best mom that anybody can ever have, and I really love you. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom. Good luck. Hope you're not nervous, and I love you like crazy. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom, from all four of us. We all love you like crazy. And welcome, Red Rocks Church, to what is going to be an amazing Valentine's Day. At all of our locations, would you please clap like crazy when my mom walks out here to speak for her first time? Yeah, you better clap. Thank you. I don't. I don't deserve that. I don't. And uh, my kids are so sweet. I. I. Uh, I wish that when I walked in the door at home, it was like. <laughs> so. But welcome, welcome Littleton, welcome Lakewood, Arvada, Golden, and very especially to the ladies and the men at our Gone Behind Bars facilities. We are so excited. So happy that you would join us this weekend. And if you are a first-time visitor today, a very special welcome to you. I speak on behalf of the entire Red Rocks Church when we say we are so glad that you are here and that you came to church today. So as you saw from the video, my name is Jill. I'm Sean's wife, and I tend to fly under the radar around here. In fact, a couple... Probably a couple months ago, Sean introduced me to a guy who goes to the church. And when the gentleman met me, he said, oh, you're Jill. And I said, yeah. And he said, so you're real. And I, I, I laughed. I didn't know quite how to respond because I'd never heard that before. I've had many people ask, so when Sean's up front telling stories are all those stories real? Like, did they really happen? And, and to, the answer to that is yes, yes. All of the stories have really happened, although sometimes he's remembered them a little wrong. And so I've had to say, hun, babe, that it's not quite how it happened. Here's really what happened. And so, but I never actually thought that people might question if you really had a wife. So yes, he does. It's me. And I'm really happy to meet you. Honestly, today is such a special day for me because this is the first time in 11 years, Red Rocks Church is 11 years old. And this is the first time I have ever shared on a weekend. And, you know, as we have been, as we're coming to the close of the Red Rocks Church chapter at Heritage Square, I started to get really sentimental because uh, I've watched God do so many incredible things, and they all started in that place. And so I actually, as, as we've been preparing to leave, I said, Sean, just once before we go, could I like talk to everybody? And just tell everybody, I love this church. I just do. I love the people, all of you who make up this church. In fact, I, I wrote 
because it's Valentine's Day weekend, I thought it would be fun to write a little love note to all of you to let you know just how I feel about this place. But I tend to get a little long-winded, and so I had to cut it. So I'm hoping that tomorrow night, after everyone's had a chance to hear the message, that I'll be able to post that little love note um, on my social media. And so maybe maybe you'll have a chance to see it. But I just, it's, it's a special day for me, and I'm so happy that I get to be here and that I get to share and you know I've known for quite a while that I'd be speaking today and so as I started to plan and as I started to prepare and think about okay what do I want to talk about oddly enough I remind I was reminded of my very first car so when I was a senior in college my parents gave me my first car it was a four-door baby blue Chevy Cavalier station wagon it's awesome. It'll it'll actually come up. There you go. That was my that was my first car, and that was the car that actually had been my mom's all through like my junior high and high school years. It was awesome, honestly. <laughs> I tried to find rides with friends a lot. So by the time though I got to college, I was senior, I needed a car, my parents gave me that car, but here's what you didn't see in that picture. My mom had put on the bumper of that car a bright orange sticker, and it said, do you know the master, dot, 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 and then in all capital letters, Jesus Christ. And so I, 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 I loved the car, kept the sticker, well, I shouldn't say I loved the car, but I, I was grateful for the car, had the sticker, my, all my college friends nicknamed this car the Jesus Christ Mobile. So I, I drove the Jesus Christ mobile. It was actually as, as much humility as it taught me. It, it, it was good to me. And it was that car that I, upon graduating from college, I packed my little life into and I moved from, from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Rockford, Illinois. I got a job teaching and I, I moved to Rockford and it was there that I met Sean Johnson. And here's what's funny. When we met... Sean had also just moved to Rockford, and he did not have a car when he moved there. And there's a long story to that, but it's a good one, so he can hopefully tell that someday. But someone from the church gave him a car. They gave him a rusty orange four-door Chevy Cavalier station wagon. We had matching station wagons, if you can believe it. It was like destiny or fate or whatever. I don't know. But here's what's funny. There was a day that I was coming out of the church. Sean was driving into the parking lot, saw me, pulled up, got out of his car. We were dating, or maybe we weren't dating. I honestly don't remember. But he got out of his car and started talking to me when this teenage skater dude boy walks by with his skateboard, and he looks at Sean, and he gave Sean the thumbs up. And he goes, nice car, dude, and then started laughing. So, And Sean was trying to still maintain some level of cool so he started laughing too and he said later though I wanted to go home and murder him (laughs) because I was so embarrassed but it made me feel so much better about my Jesus Christ mobile (laughs) so but honestly all jokes aside what I want to talk about today is simply this I want to ask do you know the master, Jesus Christ. 
I, as I was studying, preparing for today, I found two verses in Isaiah that just immediately, something inside of me went, look at this, this is who God is. This is who God is, and and this means so much for us. And so I want to read those verses to you. It's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 9 and 11. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it will be on the screen. It says, Climb a high mountain, Zion. You're the preacher of good news. Raise your voice. Make it good and loud, Jerusalem. You're the preacher of good news. Speak loud and clear. Don't be timid. Tell the cities of Judah, look. Your God, look at him. God, the master, comes in power, ready to go into action. He's going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him. Like a shepherd, he will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to pasture. These verses, they give us such great news. Great news. Great news about who our God is. But, But first, before we talk more about that. I want to look at who's being addressed in these verses. Who's being talked to? It says Zion and Jerusalem. Well, who is Zion? Who is Jerusalem? Zion and Jerusalem, those are the people who in the Old Testament days when this was written, they are the people who had experienced the mighty, powerful rescue of God. They saw God bring them from slavery to a life of health and wholeness. Those people had experienced God. So so if you are in this room tonight, if you have had an experience with God where you have seen him rescue you from, from a life of sin or you have experienced his forgiveness, then you are the one being talked to in these verses. I'm the one being talked to in these verses. In fact, we could just add our names to the list there. Zion, Jerusalem, Jill, Sean. list goes on if, for all of us in this room who have experienced God. So now we know we are the ones being talked to, and we are the ones being told to go tell the good news. Tell it. But whether you have experienced God or not, sometimes in life, the experiences we encounter, the experiences we have can either push us toward God or they can push us away from him and it's up to us to decide which way it's it's going to go we get to choose sometimes without even meaning for it to happen the, the, the very hard experiences we go through in life can, can put us at this place of I'm not sure that I want to know God because I've experienced too much hurt 
or, or, or disappointment. Maybe you've lived through some major disappointment where someone in your life has, has really let you down. Or even harder yet, sometimes maybe you've been disappointed by God. You've prayed prayers that haven't been answered. Or you have received an unexpected report. And you go, wait, God, but... I don't get it. Or, or maybe you have lived through heartbreak, real heartbreak. You've experienced loss and grief, and it's just hard sometimes to see above that and to see out of it. Or maybe you've been hurt, deeply hurt, by someone or or and and you just can't forgive or maybe you know you know your past and so you just can't forgive yourself so what do you do then or what do you do if your whole life you have felt unlovable how could anyone love me or i find myself sometimes a big one is is fear you know i i, I get I, I you feel trapped you have dreams in your heart or you have things you want to see happen, but because of past junk, you're afraid to move any direction. Some of us have experienced real pain and real suffering in this life. So what then? What do you do? What do you do with all of that? How in the world do we move closer to Jesus, closer to the master, despite all of the painful experiences surrounding us? I've asked the question, do you know the master? But how do we get to know the master when sometimes it feels like God is just too far away or he's not listening, or he doesn't care, or I'm just, I have nothing to offer. So why try? There's, there's really no profound answer. How do you get to know the master when you're experiencing so much pain? There's no profound answer. Only one simple answer, and that simple answer is this. Focus on the good news. We are told that, they are, that there's good news. Remember? He's saying, Zion, Jerusalem, tell the good news. So that must mean there's good news somewhere. How do you, how do you focus on the good news? How do you do that? What does that look like? Isaiah 40.10 says it like this. Look, your God, look at him, God the master. You focus on the good news by looking up. You put your eyes on Jesus because Jesus alone, God's son, is the, the best news for us. And, and I found in my, in my personal life a few ways that have helped me to just look up at the master, to look at him, to focus on him. And, and the first, it's one we all know because you hear all the time, you're, we're, we're told to pray. Simple. 
told to pray. And, and you know, praying, you just, you just talk to God. Just try. You, you, you talk to him. He will meet you there. He'll meet you halfway. He will. He wants to have relationship with you. But then you also, you fix your eyes on, on him by getting in the Bible. Read scriptures. Find scriptures. Highlight your Bible up. Highlight them. Write them on note cards. Plaster them everywhere if you need to. But the Bible is life. God's word is life for us. A couple years ago, I decided I wanted to try something new in my own personal Bible reading time. So I didn't know what to do except to go get a, a, a new Bible, a version of the Bible I'd never read before. And so I, I got this new Bible, and I said, okay, I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 1, Old Testament, and then I'm going to move over to the New Testament and start in Matthew chapter 1, and I'm going to read, try to read, two chapters a day. Old Testament, New Testament. Start at the beginning of the bo- of both and move forward. And now there were days that, based on how much time I had, I maybe only read one chapter, or maybe I only read a few verses Old Testament and a few verses New Testament. But I am not, I am not kidding you when I say something. As I just began to do that, something inside of me changed. Because I began to see the character of God in a, in a new way. I began to see his character in ways that I hadn't seen his character before. And I began to see him putting his hand on people and, and taking them, rescuing them through mighty miracles. And a lot of those people were not good to him at all, ever. Some of them were. But for the most part, these people that God was so good to and and, and rescuing through powerful miracles, they didn't necessarily deserve it. And then I was seeing God just begin to fight battles for his children. Like, these people of God were winning battles that by human abilities and standards, those battles never should have been won, but God was fighting for his people and winning. They were winning. And, and not, so as I'm reading all of these things, I began to feel a tenderness in my heart. And, and I was starting to feel tender toward all the ways God had worked in my life and had had his hand on my life. Sometimes, you know, I grew up in church and I've heard all the stories over and over and over. And so it was so good for me to go, oh, wow, this is who God is. It's his character. And, and through it, my, my courage began to grow, my courage and, and my faith for the future, the unknown future, which can be so uncertain. And, and then I started to go, oh, look how much God loves people. And my heart was becoming tender for other people who just need him and need hope. And I don't say, tell you what I did to go, look what I did. I, it's not my heart. I'm telling you this 
happened because I feel like it's something that every one of us can do because God doesn't just want my heart to change and grow and soften. He wants all of us to be there. He longs for all of us to know him and to thrive because of him. God, I'm learning, is not looking for our perfection in the pursuit of him. He's just looking for our presence. He just wants us to show up and try. That's it. You show up, God will show up. I promise you. It takes time sometimes to where you're like, sometimes you don't always feel him right there in the here and now, but you just keep at it because he's faithful. And then finally, one of the ways that I have learned to fix my eyes on Jesus is through worship, praise, thanksgiving, and, and, and worship can look different. There's all kinds of ways to worship God, but the, the peace that has really been huge for me in my life is, is the peace of worship through music. Oh, God's given us such a gift in the worship leaders we have here at Red Rocks Church. He's given us a gift in the worship leaders around the world. There's so much incredible music. Download it to your phones, your iPads, your computers, and play it because there's something so beautiful about being in the presence of God through music. When you're here, take advantage of it. Enjoy it. Be present because you know what? God has given that to you as a gift from him because he loves you so much. We've been told that there's good news for us and that we are to tell the good news. Well, guess what? Here, here is the really, really, really good news for us. When you look at Jesus, when you look at the master, when you fix your eyes on him, here's what you see. Isaiah 40:10. God the master comes in power, ready to go into action. He is going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him. Our God, the master, is a protector and he is a provider. That's who he is. He comes in power. Power means might, strength, force. God is going to get the job done for us. He is for us. Do you hear that? God is for us. He is for you. And honestly, there is nothing Nothing that is too big for the master, the master of the universe. That's who our God is. There have been moments in our kids' lives where, you know, they've been at school and normal school kids stuff. They've, they've had 
kids there that haven't been as nice and have said mean things. And so when Sean hears about the boys being messed with, every time he says, who's being mean to you? Tell me who they are. You want me to fight them? Because I'll go fight them. You want me to fight them? I will. And every time I'm like, Sean, no. You're not going to go fight. You can't go fight the little girl that told our boy he has a stupid haircut. You just, no, you're not fighting anybody. And he said, I don't care. I will. I will fight them all. That's what he says. I will fight them all. And so when I read Isaiah 40.10, God the master comes in power, ready to go into action. He's going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him, I cannot help but see our God as a, as a protective, I'll fight them all, I'll fight them all, type father. God is a father. That's who he is. He's a father. And some of you hear me say, God is a father, and immediately you shut down because your experiences involve a father that, that was very hurtful or painful experiences attached to that. And I hope that you won't shut me out when you hear God say, hear me say, I'm sorry, when you hear me say that God is a father because human fathers are flawed. They just are. And, and I'm going to tell you a story about Sean. <laughs> about time. So, okay, just this Christmas, Christmas Eve, not Christmas Eve, but the service before, pre-Christmas Eve service, okay? So we are all at church. We're at the Lakewood campus for the Christmas Eve service on Wednesday night before Christmas. And, and we had a lot of extended family in town, and so we all went to the first service, but, but that by the time it was ready for the second service to go. My family was all tired and they wanted to go home. And so I was taking everyone home, but the younger two boys, they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay. And so Sean was there while all of this is begging and please can we stay? And so Sean said, fine, just leave them. I'll bring them home. And I, I, I know better on, on Sundays and on Big service days, I, I, I looked at him and I said, you'll bring them home? Are you sure you'll bring them home? And he said, yes, Jill, I got this. I'll bring them home. It's fine. Let them stay. And so I, I looked him in the eye twice and I said, okay, Sean, they're staying, but will you remember to pick them up and bring them home? Yes, Jill. Sean, are you sure? Will you pick them up? Will you remember? And by this time, he's annoyed. Jill, I told you, go. Yes, leave the boys. So I left the boys. 10.30 at night, Sean walks in the door, and there are no boys with him. And I immediately, I could feel that panic starting to, to, to race in my heart. And I'm thinking, oh, we, we don't live very close. We live about 30, well, 25 minutes from the, the Lakewood campus, 30 minutes if traffic's bad and lights. And so I'm thinking, it's 1030 at night. We're a half hour away. What are our boys doing? What are they thinking? Where are they at? Well, as the, and Sean is just, I can't, I, I left him. I can't, I can't believe I left him. <laughs> 
I tried really hard not to say I told you so. I didn't say it, but I, so as this is happening, my phone starts ringing and it's Chad. And he said, um, so Jill, I have Austin and Ashton here. I can't find Sean. I know he's here. I know he's here somewhere. He's, <laughs> but I can't find him. Have you talked to him? And I went, uh-huh. Yep, I have. He's here. He's home. Chad said, okay, don't worry. I will bring them home, and it's all good. Well, I guess on the car ride home, our youngest said to to Chad, my mom never would have left us at church. And (laughs) Chad said, he said, I was telling Ashton why he has such a good dad, and it was an easy mistake. And, And Ashton said... Well, I don't know. He left us at church. My mom never would have done that, so clearly she's the better parent. That's what he said. Yes. And I tell that lighthearted story when some of you go, he left him at church. I have real issues with my dad. But I tell you that story because I want to show you God is not human. He's God, and that makes all the difference for us. When we surrender our lives to God through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, the Bible calls us sons and daughters of God. Those enemies of God that he's ready and willing and waiting to fight, those are our enemies, the enemies we fight on a daily basis. Disappointment, heartbreak, fear, worry, feeling unloved. God says to all of that, I'll fight them all. God will fight for us, Red Rocks Church. He will. But how? How will he fight for us? I don't know. I don't know. The battle looks different every time. But what I do know is that God says we can trust him. And we, when we get to that place in our lives where we're We look to God, the master, and we fix our eyes on him. We get to that place where we can trust God because we begin to see him for who he really is. And we begin to see who we are concerning him. I love, I love, love the description of God used in Isaiah 40, 11. It says, like a shepherd... He will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to good pasture. Now, these verses clearly paint a picture of God as a shepherd taking care of his sheep, but it highlights It highlights the very nurturing and loving nature of God, the very qualities you'd find in a good father. The shepherd gathers his lambs. A loving father wants to be with his kids. A loving father says, hey, come on, guys. Time to go. I'm not trying to make Sean look bad there. He, (laughs) Christmas is like an Easter, like Super Bowl. He had a lot going on up there, so it's okay. But God wants to be with us, and so he will gather us. And he is kind. He's kind in all of his ways. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Everlasting 
God loves you always and forever, never stopping, ever. The shepherd hugs his lambs. A loving father hugs his children close, always, and especially when they need comfort. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Sean hug and hold the boys over a scraped knee or a broken arm or a mean remark from a kid at school. That's a good dad. That's a good father. The shepherd leads the lambs to good pasture. A good father makes sure that his children are safe and secure. Hosea 11.4 says, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them. Do you see it, Red Rocks Church? Do you see that our God, the Master, is a good father? He's a good father. That's who he is. And that is incredible news for us. It's incredible news for the world because God wants to use us to help this world. God the Father loves you and he longs to take care of you. He wants to fight your battles. He's ready to fight your battles if you'll just let him. He's strong enough and big enough to stand against any enemy you face. That's who our God is. It's who our God is. Look to Jesus. Look to him. Look to the master. Let him be your comforter. Let him be your leader. Because he will. He will always lead you to good pasture. He'll lead you to a life of freedom. He'll lead you to a life of victory. He'll lead you to a life of purpose. Again, God wants to use you to tell the world the good news about him. And he knows that you need him. You need your father to get the job done. There's a song that's become quite popular on Christian radio. And I asked the worship team to play it today because I just... I kind of wanted it to be a little Valentine's Day love note, so to speak. And it's my hope that this song will speak to any weary places in your heart or that it will speak to what you already know of a loving, good Father. And it's my prayer that as it plays, you will feel God ever so close and that you will feel Him ever so loved by him because you are so if you would stand the team is going to sing and just enjoy and and let God love you
that you're pleased in that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. To you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you.
I've been talking tonight, asking us, do you know the master? But some of you here have never had that experience. You don't know the master. But somehow you came, you're here tonight because of a kind God, you're here. And so I want to ask, if you have never said, I want to know the master, I want, I recognize that, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, and I want relationship with him because I recognize that it's everything for me. If you have never made that choice or that decision, I'm going to ask everyone now to just bow your heads. If you, if you have not ever asked or invited God's son, Jesus Christ, to be a part of your life and you want to, the time is now. This is your time because God so loved you that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. All of us were born into a life of sin, but God made a way to change that and it's through his son, Jesus. So if you want to know the master, you want to know Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. If you raise your hand tonight, we are all going to pray. And as, as we pray, you get to talk to God. Just tell him, Jesus, thank you. I recognize that you died to pay the price for my life. And I want to do my best to live for you, God, Lord, Savior. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you, God, so much for who you are and for what that means to us. I thank you, God, that you care about us. I thank you that you want to see us live a life of, of purpose and wholeness and health. I thank you that you are for us and not against us. I thank you because when, when we look for you, we find you. You always promise to show up and you're good and you're faithful. And I just pray that every person today as we worship would enjoy being in your presence and that would just feel your hand on their life, giving them courage to do what you long for them to do and want to help them do. In Jesus' name.